Hey, what's up, insiders? Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie and loves a plot twist, and also putting away money for retirement. Since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever, I'm sorry. So listen, listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. So the point of that story is you got to do the work. You can't pray to God and then go to sleep. Yeah. You can't you can't, you know, go to your past and say give me a blessing and then not show up to work. Yeah. Right? You gotta put in that work. Yeah. My, my my transition from Grammy Award winning rapper to politician was one of the most difficult of my life. Before I came on the stage, I asked for the wisdom to be able to communicate with you in a clear way so that you can receive the blessings that I have gotten. Yeah. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I know you want to watch this next video, but listen, if you are an entrepreneur, business coach, business consultant, or a small business owner who has a story and wants to learn how to create multiple streams of income from your story, I need you to text me right now. My book to 646-687-4152. That is my personal number. I have been an author for over 12 years. I've written 10 books. Four of them have been bestsellers, and I've sold over 100,000 books. But I I've also helped a lot of my clients take their expertise and put it into a story, then create multiple streams of income from that. So I want to help you do the same thing. So text my book to 646-687-4152. All right, let's go back to the video. I'm very, I'm excited. Um, so if y'all have ever seen Inside the Vault, um, it is a platform uh, that's all about uh, going into the mindset of those who have been, uh, who are successful and go through their stories. Um, and so uh, I am excited about this interview that I'm about to do, and I have the honor of doing. Um, so we have, we have the honorable Shine Barrow. He is perhaps best known for his 2000 uh, singles, Bad Boys and Bonnie and Shine. 
Uh, he also wrote and performed on a number of multi-platinum albums, such as Usher's Confessions, Little Wayne's Carter Four, Notorious B.I.G.'s Born Again. He is a Grammy Award nominated and winning writer and performer, now the leader of the opposition in the Belize House of Representatives and the leader of Belize United Democratic Party, from rap star to convict to political welcome, Sean Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, brother. Man, brother, I appreciate you. Um, Pleasure to be here. Pleasant. Yes, good morning. Good. I think it's afternoon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a bit jet lag. We're two hours behind in Belize, but uh, pleasant. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited for this interview um, because. As somebody, I grew up in the 90s, as somebody who grew up in the 90s, early 2000s, um, big fan of your work. Thank um, you. Also a big fan of your transition, right? And I think it's honorable when you look at somebody who, you know, comes from where we come from, um, who is, um, you know, deals with what we all deal with, but to see the transition in real real time, real life, um, and now to have you back, right? Because, I mean, we'll go into that, but, like, you're back on U.S. soil because there was a reason why you weren't here. Um, but before we even get there, for those who don't know, who is Shine Barrow? Well, I am a African-Caribbean uh, slash American, Belizean-American. I was born in Belize, one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. So make sure that you visit Belize. I grew up on the south side of Belize City, very impoverished uh, constituency called Mesopotamia. And I grew up so poor that we didn't even have a toilet in our house. We used to have to use a bucket. And I used to have to take the bucket to the canal. That's how I grew up. And my mom was a, was a teacher. And she fled to the United States to find a better life. And that's when I came to, to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York, Flatbush, and uh, that's how I became Shine. Uh, but before I became Shine and was discovered by Diddy and sold tens of millions of records, I was a, a young African-Caribbean-American, uh, single-parent household, immigrant mother, uh, living paycheck to paycheck. We were so poor that my mom couldn't afford to live on her own. We had to live with my aunt, my grandmother, uh, as most uh, immigrant families do when they first come to the United States. But we were never able to get out of that until at the age of 18, you know, I became a millionaire when I did my first deal, which was the biggest deal for a new artist ever. And, um, and I've been able to take those blessings all the way with me, even through tragedy that I've suffered uh, with the criminal justice system, you could say the criminal injustice system, depending on the shade of your complexion. And so I had to uh, have that involvement when I was defending my friends, as maybe some of you uh, may know. You know, when I was 20 or 19 years old, uh, somebody was trying to kill my friends, uh, Diddy and Jennifer Lopez, and, you know, I had a weapon on me and I defended my friends. And when the DA wanted me to testify against my friends and say that they were participants 
in my self-defense, I refuse to do that. And so as they do to many people that look like myself, you know, they condemn me to a 10-year sentence. And that's why criminal justice reform is so important, because not every young kid uh, deserves to be locked away forever. Not every young person that makes a mistake is unredeemable. And so I'm living proof of that redemption and that rehabilitation, that reformation. Uh, so imagine all of the young shines out there, men and women, young boys and girls, that have given a chance, given a second chance, given a third chance, they could do okay. So um, that's my life story in a nutshell. Uh, you know, sold tens of millions of records with Usher, with Lil Wayne, with Diddy, DJ Khaled, Jay-Z, the list goes on, and now I'm in Belize. I'm the prime minister in waiting of Belize. Yeah, I will be, let's go. I will be the next prime minister. That's the equivalent of your president of the United States. I am currently the leader of the opposition in the House of Representatives, which means the person with the least amount of seats. And so when I get more seats at the next elections, I will be the prime minister. So I will be the first rap prime minister of the world. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, and I, and, I, and I, lo I love that. I love um, the ability to take what some could look as a tragedy, but it becomes a blessing in disguise, honestly, right? Because Absolutely. of your ability to go back um, and, and build up this beautiful, beautiful uh, country. Um, you mentioned that you became a millionaire, you know, um, at 18 years old. Um, talk a little bit about um, coming from where we come from and having access to, to that much money. Um, how did that change your life, good or bad? Man, I wish they had earned your leisure back then. I wish, I wish they had InvestFest. I wish, I wish I knew Rashad and, and Troy. You know, Troy and Rashad, they're my little brothers. And, you know, they admire, you know, my music. And, you know, Troy used to say that he was shine. And so it's amazing how we were talking about the bridge of the new generation and the older generation, such as myself. But I wish I had financial literacy, uh, you know, leaders such as Earn Your Leisure uh, and all the people there that are educating uh, young people on how to be uh, fiscally frugal. You know, in Belize, they make fun of me because I'm always saying that I'm fiscally frugal. You know, this is not a rap video. So as, as a rapper, they expect me to be, you know, exorbitant with the spending and, you know, money's supposed to be raining from the sky. And I'm, I'm a conservative when it comes to, to spending. Uh, I believe in helping people. I believe in helping people to help themselves, but I don't believe in waste. And so as hip hoppers, we come from a culture where we never had anything. We come from a culture where the CIA and government agencies back then designed the crack cocaine era to destroy us and used our own people to destroy us. So the people that were getting money, they were just getting it, never had it before, and it was like, yeah, let me get this Rolex, let me get this diamond chain, let me get this Mercedes Benz, and there was never any planning. There was never any vision. It's still a result of colonization, Jim Crow, Black Wall Street massacres. We, we never had, because obviously we were transplanted from Africa, but that's a whole other story. 
And so nobody ever taught us how to be free, how to be empowered, how to plan for generations. We never had that because we've been fighting for survival for so long. And, and, and so the hip hop culture was a blessing from God to say to the powers that be that try to destroy the African-Americans uh, that no, you can't do that. And so now we have evolved. It's, it's now a hundred, multi-hundred billion dollar industry. And, and so with that evolution comes responsibility. We're not at a place anymore where we haven't been spending money for quite some time. We're at a place now where we need to start thinking about generational wealth. So rather than buy Audemars Piquet or Patek Philippe, you should buy buildings, you should buy homes, you should buy uh, businesses, you should be investing your money. That's what we should be telling these young people. It's not about a Bugatti or Ferrari or a fast life. It's about thinking generational wealth and long-term sustainability. So um, I didn't have that when I was young, so I blew that million. I blew a few more million, and I kept blowing it, not until recently, uh, you know, maybe in the last 10 years that I mature and that I evolve. And like, even right now, you know, yeah, I, I might have a protect, but you wouldn't even know. It's like with a leather strap and I hide it. You know, you can't even see it because I'm not trying to show my wealth. It's not about that. I'm at a level now where I'm trying to help other people create wealth. I'm trying to create wealth for Belize and I'm trying to impart in everyone that I come into contact with how to have a better life. So it's not about me and what I have. I'm at a level now where I'm trying to get everybody else to that level of having a uh, basic standard of good quality living. Not, you're, not, you're not hearing me? You need to hear me better? No, no, yeah, yeah. Not okay, yeah. all right. No, I love it, love it. Yeah. And so so how, how did your experience growing up, um, you know, being a rapper, how has that influenced and helped you now as the leader of Belize? I'm so indomitable. I'm so invincible, not in an egotistical way or a hearty way, but just in a hip-hop way. We just can't be broken, right? Uh, government powers in the United States try to destroy the African-American community with so many COINTEL uh, pros, so many conspiracies, and we just can't be broken. We're indomitable people. And so hip-hop is an indomitable culture. Whenever they tell us no, we show them yes. Whenever they say we can't sell tens of millions of records, we're the most powerful genre on planet Earth. We sell the most. And so I take that, never say no, never die, never give up, break, shatter the glass ceilings, uh, revolutionize things, uh, push the barriers, push the boundaries, be disruptive. You know what I learned from my big brother Diddy? Uh, you know, look at Jay-Z, he's a billionaire, created uh, two other billionaires in, in Kanye and, and Rihanna. And so in Belize, where we are in the process of dismantling the colonial system, because in Belize we were colonized by the British, and so we were forced into subjugation. We were forced into slavery. And so while there was an Emancipation Proclamation, there was never emancipation for our minds. Nobody ever re-educated us and reconditioned us how to be plantation owners, how to be business owners, how to be land owners, how to have vision and be creative and be innovative. So hip-hop did that for me. Diddy, Russell Simmons, Jay-Z, Damon Dash taught me how to be an entrepreneur, right? When I came into the business, 
the first thing I did as an as a 18-year-old is create my own publishing company. I learned that from Diddy, watching him as a young kid who grew up in a single-parent house where I didn't even have my own room. I turned a closet into my room, and it was so small that I could change the TV by laying in the bed from, and my head touching one wall to the next wall. That's how poor I was, but I was watching BET. I was watching MTV, and I was watching these young entrepreneurs disrupting what society said about young African and Latin Americans. And they were business owners, and so I learned to be that. So as I go into leading a country, it really isn't that different. You know, some elitists think that you need to have a PhD, you need to have a doctorate, you need to have a master's in order to administer the public coffers or to deal with public policy. But we have seen for generation and generations the most educated people be the most corrupt and the most criminal people. You just had one uh, indicted yesterday in Georgia, I think your, your former president. So we've seen that, and, and both politicians, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, I don't want to pick any side, but we've seen all across the world where politicians, elitists, educated have been criminals and they've destroyed societies and oppressed and suppressed people. So hip hop puts me as an outsider, as a disruptor. I'm not about the status quo. I'm about upliftment. I'm about empowerment. And that's what hip hop has brought to the planet. We've empowered young people. We've empowered all people. We've brought people together. We've done more for racial harmony and bringing cultures and ethnicities together than anything on this planet. So in my political life, I'm going to do the same. It's about political will. And as a hip hopper, we get it done. We pride ourselves in executing. So I'm not going to talk about manifestos. I'm not going to talk about policy plans unless I'm going to execute it. So I will go down in Belize as the one politician who revolutionized Belize and did the most to transform Belize ever. Because I get that from hip hop. I'm not coming there to play no games. I don't want a title. I was already shine. I already won Grammys. I already made tens of millions of dollars. I don't need to get rich from the public purse of Belize, and I don't need another title. I just want the people in Belize to have the best life ever and to have what you in America have. You'd be surprised. I want you to visit Belize and see how some of the impoverished communities still live, and you'd have a greater appreciation for what you have. And so I just want to take the hip-hop ingenuity, the hip-hop indomitability, the hip-hop invincibility, and take that into my leadership skills, and in the next 10 years, Belize will be like you could have never imagined. Round of applause, I love that. And then so, you know, your, your, you know, your background is quite unique, transitioning from music industry uh, to politics. How do you think, um, when you think about music, when you think about politics, when you think about leadership, what are some tips that you can give somebody? Because I know they all intertwine, right? Like you just mentioned how, you know, being in hip hop has helped you as a leader. Uh, now when we have, you know, young people, some, you know, coming, coming home, some trying to figure, figure things out. Um, what is that first step that somebody takes in order to, you know, properly, you know, yeah. bring their life back and start moving in the right direction? You know, I just met a young man backstage his name is Kevin Holloman, and he has a, a program called Save the Youth, and he recently was released from being uh, incarcerated. Yeah. 
And so I acknowledge him and I acknowledge all the young people out there that have been involved with the criminal justice system, but people in general. Yeah. Uh, it's about doing what's right. It's about having a purpose. And your purpose has to always be greater than yourself. Your purpose has to be what your contribution to society is going to be, regardless of whether it's politics, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's entertainment, whatever it is you're doing, it can't just be for yourself. Right. That's my advice. If you're living for yourself, you know, you'll probably end up committing suicide. You'll probably end up in rehab. You'll have a very miserable life. You really have to live for the community. You have to live for the collectivity, not in the sense of, you know, having to be validated by, but what is your contribution to? Yeah. Right? So amass your wealth, accomplish your accomplishments, but remember, W.B. Dubois, he said that the black bourgeois, the responsibility of those that made it, was to be a bridge for those that didn't get there yet. And so while we're at a new generation, thank God, and we have so many opportunities, the purpose doesn't change. It's about community. It's about the village. So do what's right. And it's always difficult to do what's right. Yeah. It's very difficult. And, and so in politics, I always talk about political will. In your day-to-day existence, it's about the human will. It's about the human race. It's about humanity. And so in everything that you're doing, you have to think about humanity. And, and that will guide you in all of the difficult terrain, in all of the mazes, in all of the hurdles, all of the obstacles, because there will be obstacles. There will be challenges. There's no journey that any of us walk, whether it's Robert Smith, whether it's Barack Obama, whether it's Jay-Z, whether it's Beyonce, we all have difficulties. But the difference between those that succeed those that continue to elevate and progress is how you deal with your difficulties. And if you have a purpose, if you have community at heart, if you have humanity at heart, if you have what your contribution is going to be, even with music, I'll tell you, Diddy and I did uh, BET Awards in, I think it was last year, and he was receiving the Lifetime Achievement Award. And I'm retired. So he called me and he said, listen, I, I, I want you to to be there. And I said, sure, I'll be there. You want me to give a speech? You want me to give you the award? He said, no, nah, I want you to rap. I'm like, you want me to rap? I'm not a rapper. I'm, I'm retired. I'm, I'm, you know. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I'm Shine Barack. I'm about to be the, the Prime Minister of Belize. What are you talking about? And he was like, nah, come on, you know, uh, you know, it's my Lifetime Achievement Award. You know, I don't ask you for much. I said, man, listen, you, you know, you're going to cause me a lot of political grief. But I'll do it, but it got to be all about Belize. You know, and I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but we have like the biggest flag ever drop on the stage of the BET Awards. But I say all that to say is when we were rehearsing, I haven't performed in about 20 years. And uh, I rewrote my rap because obviously I had to sanitize it because that's not who I am. I don't judge people for their expressions, but I have to be true to myself. And so I will rap how I talk now. Uh, and so I changed my rap. And so I had to rehearse the rap. So Diddy and I were rehearsing. We were rehearsing every day. And 
On the last rehearsal, Nas was supposed to perform, and Nas caught COVID. So they changed the, the playlist. And so when I went out, I didn't hear Nas's performance. And so it totally triggered me, and I forgot everything. So I walked down and forgot my raps. And everybody, Jada Kiss, Busta Rhymes, Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, everybody's looking at me like, oh, man, this is, this is going to be a nightmare. This is going to be bad. And so Diddy and I, you know, Diddy knows me. And, and so he, he knew that I, I, I would deliver. So we went and we rehearsed again, and he was like, listen, this is divine. Like, what we're doing, this is not about us. There's so many people, there are millions of people that are going to tune into this, and this is going to impact, impact their lives. This is going to lift them up. Like, we're not doing this for us. We don't make music for us. We make music for humanity. Yeah. And, you know, not that, I, not that I ever, you know, feared that I would fail, but that realigned me and made sure that, you know, I understood my purpose. I understood that this was a spiritual undertaking. This wasn't about shine going on the stage and, you know, in my Dior tux and, you know, making sure that I, I, I relived my heyday because I have no interest in being a rapper. Uh, and so I, I say all that to say that on your journey, like that was one of the most, I never get afraid. And I, I, I wouldn't say that I was afraid, but I was overwhelmed with anxiety because if I failed, I wouldn't just fail me. I was gonna fail my country. The flag was gonna be on the stage and I would have came out and forgot the lyrics and everybody had been like, oh my God, Sean, how could you do that? So the weight of my country was on my shoulder more than anything. And I went out and, and I killed it. But I, I, I practiced every day. When everybody was sitting in the audience for the BET Awards, I refused to sit in the audience because I knew what I had to do. It wasn't watching everybody else perform. I had to go out there and I had to execute. So when it was time for me to perform, they called me from the stage. I rehearsed from, from my hotel room to the stage. I went out and I killed it. And I say all that to say it was one of the most you know, anxiety-filled moments of my life. One of the most defining moments of my life, and you guys are gonna face that too, but you gotta embrace it, you gotta put in the work, you gotta practice, and you're gonna kill it, you're gonna execute. Because yeah. that's what hip hop does. Yeah. Nah, appreciate that, love that. Um, so, so, you talk about alignment, you talk about living in purpose, um, and a lot of us, coming from where we come from, especially uh, you know, those who may be returning home, you know, may have that awakening and might have that sense of purpose. Um, but my brother Julian Gordon always talks about having a blessing model and a business model, right? And sometimes if you only focus on that blessing model, that passion, um, it may not pay the bills or it may not, you know, get you in a space where uh, you're comfortable and you can, can take, take care, you know, yourself um, or your family. How do you balance the two? How do you balance like that purpose and what you're here to do and, you know, making money and, and, and you know, taking care of your responsibilities? You know, the, the, the example that comes to mind is, you know, my name is Moses, right? And so any of you that have read the Bible, I'm not being religious because I'm not religious, but I believe in the creator, I believe in the intelligent designer. So that's to answer your question. So when I talk about blessings, you know, blessings come from our ancestors who were transported from Africa, who drowned themselves rather than suffer the massacre that awaited them here. Uh, our ancestors who were in the cotton fields, who suffered so much. The spirituality that guides us is real. 
But that doesn't mean that we don't have to do the work. Yeah. There's no replacement. There's no substitute for hard work. And, and the example I want to give you is, so when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, they got to the Red Sea, and, and the Israelites started complaining. They started telling Moses, you know, why did you bring us from Egypt to drown in the Red Sea? We could have stayed in Egypt and kept building, you know, a Pharaoh's edifices rather than die in the Red Sea. Like, you know, th th this doesn't make any sense. And then they started praying and they started complaining. And God said to Moses, don't pray to me. Keep going. Keep going. And one person, his name is Nakshan, jumped into the Red Sea. And as he started drowning, the Red Sea parted and it lifted up. So the point of that story is you got to do the work. You can't pray to God and then go to sleep. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, go to your past and say, give me a blessing and then not show up to work. Yeah. Right. You got to put in that work yeah. and then you got to work harder and then you got to work harder and harder and harder yeah. and then pray some more. Yeah. You know, may God bless the work of our hands. It didn't say make, it's, God does bless the fool, but you know, it, it doesn't say God bless the person that wants to sleep late and not go to work, right? Didn't say God bless the person that wants to stay on vacation all year. You got to put in that work. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that so much because really that example just kind of shows that if you say you believe, right, whatever, you know, like you said, it's not religious. If you believe in yourself, if you believe in a higher power, you, you know, sometimes you don't see the whole picture. You got to take that first my, step. My, my transition from Grammy Award winning rapper to politician was one of the most difficult of my life. Mm. I felt like I was in the twilight zone in Belize, because Belize, I love Belize. And what I love most about Belize is how humbling it is. We don't have any celebrity culture in Belize. Like, nobody really cares. You know, people are suffering, people are going through so much hardship. They don't have time to, to worry about how much millions of records you sold. How are you gonna help me? How are you gonna change my life? And then I have my political opponents. So my political opponents were like, what does a rapper know about public policy and public administration? And I had even people internally who felt that it was their turn. And so who's this young guy? You know, what does a rapper know about politics? And who does he think, you know, he is? And how he's going to come from America and come to Belize and tell us what we need? And I didn't care what they had to say. Yeah. Because I knew what my purpose was. Yeah. I've been praying for Belize when I was in the United States making millions of dollars. When I got my first million, I, the first trip I took was to Belize. And I never forget, I had a diamond Rolex and a big diamond chain, and everybody thought I was a drug dealer. And I was like, no, nah, I'm signed to like bad boy Iris the Records. They're like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> um, but the point I'm making is everybody's gonna tell you no. Yeah. That's the way God created this planet. Like, when you play basketball, it's not Michael Jordan versus nobody. Yeah. It's Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird. It's LeBron versus Steph. Yeah. Right? Like, there has to be opponents. That's the way God created the universe. So you just accept that. Like, life is about accepting the things that you will never change. Like, identify how it works, because God is not going to change it for you. Yeah. What you could do is make it work for you. But there's certain things that won't change. And what won't change is you'll have opposition for the rest of your life. You'll be 70 and be like, damn, didn't I go through enough? But you just got to smile and you just got to, 
You just got to deal with it. Yeah. And you got to overcome it because you can't overcome it. God created all of us. We were all created by whoever, whether you want to say Allah, whether you want to say Hashem, whether you want to say Jesus, Buddha, whoever. Whoever created humanity created us to be indomitable, created us to do whatever yeah. we set our minds to. But that will be difficult. And I knock on wood because I think I've been through enough horror. 23 years, 10 years incarcerated wrongfully, 13 years uh, exile. Uh, so I don't want to go through any more pain, but I understand when the pain comes comes, that's the storm before the blessing. So I embrace it. I say, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, come on, let's go. Yeah. All right, I, I, I know what's happening here. Yeah. And, I, and I work towards the blessing. Yeah. So for those that are recently incarcerated and, and released, for those that are just entrepreneurs, for those that are lawyers, whatever, just young people trying to discover where they're going in life, people having a midlife crisis, whatever, whatever station you are in humanity, just understand the pain is a part of the process to prosperity and progress. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Love that. Where, where, where does that, where does that mindset come from, right? Because I know a lot of us, as we go through the pain, as you're going through a lot of that stuff, you know, some of us might be like, well, that's better said, you know, easier said than done. That level of confidence, that level of knowing, that level of belief, like where does that come from? Again, I don't want to be religious because it's not a religion. It's just that somebody created us, right? Yeah. Somebody put this event together. Yeah. Uh, Rashad and Troy didn't just, you know, say, yeah, I want to invest fest, and they didn't have a team of people working together. And so we were created. So I prayed to whoever created me. Yeah. And I started praying when I was maybe like 12, 12 years old, and I never stopped. Yeah. And I started praying not because I wanted to be a priest or I wanted to be religious, I was praying for survival. Because in Brooklyn, I saw my, my friend get his brains blown out. And my friend was one of the toughest guys in our community. And I saw or heard about other people who were the most dangerous, most deadly people getting killed whimsically. And I was like, well, I'm not that tough. And I'm not that dangerous, so how am I going to survive these Brooklyn streets? We call Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Vietnam for a reason. Yeah. Because it's like a walking minefield. And walking from my house to the train station was a prayer. Like, I would hope that I didn't die walking there. Wow. That's, that's how I grew up. So that's how I got into praying. That's how I got the name Moses. And so I pray for wisdom, knowledge, overstanding. I pray for all of the abilities, all the character traits that I have. I've asked God. I wasn't always this person. Yeah. I was lost. I was wayward. I, you know, was incompetent. Some could say that I maybe was foolish. Because you could be smart and dumb at the same time. Mm, facts. So I prayed. I meditated. I asked for whoever's responsible for existence to give me these abilities, and I never stopped praying. I was shot when I was 15, almost died. I kept praying. Uh, I prayed to become shine. I prayed throughout my incarceration. I remember when I first got incarcerated. I prayed to not get incarcerated, and I still got incarcerated. So I want you to understand, meditation, communication with the divine existence doesn't mean you're always going to get your way. Because part of divinity is they are looking down and they understand everything 100 years from now, 10 hours from now, beyond our wisdom. But I say all that to say, 
I asked, I willed what I have into existence. I brought it into my mind, into my spirit, into my soul, and, and it's, it's a constant. They say the universe is renewed every day. The universe is sustained by God every second. And so you have to sustain your existence every second, whatever you want to be. There are no days off. That's how I got to where I'm at. Because I prayed every day, I worked hard every day, and I asked the universe to give me the wisdom, the intelligence, the intellect, the intuition, everything that I have, the rapping ability. Now that I'm in policy and public administration, I asked to be able to create and devise policy that's gonna transform Belize. I asked the universe for that. Because you could go to school and still not be able to accomplish that because in our country, we've been free for so many years and none of the politicians been able to do what they're supposed to do, except maybe a few of them. So I asked God, to give me the ability to do everything that I'm doing. So, again, I can only tell you what I do. Yeah. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Yeah. He asked me what I do, and that's how I am who I am with the hard work. And, and, and I've been fortunate, been fortunate through that wisdom to be a sponge. I was a sponge to Diddy. I was a sponge to the political leaders in Belize, such as Right Honorable Dean Oliver Barrow. I was a sponge to, to Congressman Gregory Meeks. Uh, you know, I pick people who are great, uh, whether it is um, Irv Gotti, whether it is Jay-Z, Damon Dash, whether it's Jay Prince. You know, I've encountered so many great people, whether it's DNY from Rough Riders, whether it's DJ Khaled, I've encountered so many great people in my 45 years and I've learned how to learn from the best. Yeah. You don't always have to know. You won't always know. But there are people that do know yeah. and, and suck the information from them and then apply it. But I, I ask the universe for everything that I have and I ask every day. Yeah. Before I came on the stage, I asked for the wisdom to be able to communicate with you in a clear way so that you can receive the blessings that I have gotten. Yeah, yeah. Love that, love that. And so so take take us back, right? So, you know, now, you, you know, you, you have this level of wisdom. If you could go back to 18-year-old Shine, what advice are you giving him? Uh, I, I think I said it all. The advice that I basically have repeated here is uh, you have to stay focused. You have to believe in yourself you have to believe in the power of the divine yeah. uh you have to work extremely hard you can't feel sorry for yourself yeah. you can't expect anybody to feel sorry for you you can't be entitled and you can't waste time yeah. you can't waste time because you can't get it back you know, you make those mistakes, there are gonna be consequences. I do believe in reform, I do believe in rehabilitation, I do believe in a second and a third chance, but you can't take the risks, because you might not get it. Life is unfair. And so, you know, that, that's advice to, to, to my younger self. Uh, and I was fortunate to have the intuition and to have the vision, but for those that are trying to find their way, I do have a book coming out next year, and I have all of this written down, but all that I've said thus far applies to my younger self. It really is, it transcends age. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or you're 48. 
I think uh, the blueprint, the script doesn't change. It's all about application, and you have to keep repeating it because even when you go to higher levels, it really doesn't change that much. Yeah. And so as the, you know, as the, the leader of Belize, um, what could, you know, our brothers and sisters here in the United States do to support the country? Well, you could visit Belize. You could build uh, second homes in Belize. You can make Belize your tourism destination. Uh, that'll definitely help our economy. Uh, so that's what I would like to see you do. I'm going to get myself elected one way or another, so I won't ask you to support me to get elected, but just having you in Belize as tourists, just having you in Belize as, as residents, you know, come and build a home in Belize, build a business in Belize. It's two hours from Atlanta, direct flight. So just uh, make Belize your second home. Yeah. 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 And, and, and again, to, as, as we close, just uh, to those that have been incarcerated, to those that have been convicted of a crime and to those of you that haven't been that are in this audience I'm living proof of what giving someone a second chance is and I've been stigmatized I've been judged uh, in Belize they actually try to pass a law to say that after 43 years they want to change our constitution so that someone who was convicted of a crime anywhere in the world can't serve in the House of Representatives Right? Just to show you what I go through. Wow. And what I'm saying is no human being should be condemned in perpetuity. Yeah. So for those that have made a mistake, I am your post poster child. I'm your poster boy for you to see what you could do. Not necessarily in politics, but you could do anything. Don't let anybody put you down. Don't let anyone condemn you in perpetuity. And for those of you that have never been involved, don't be that person that condemns someone else. Don't be that person that doesn't give someone a chance. Because when we isolate people, when we ostracize people, they become a threat to our society. And we don't want that. We want to reform them. We want to rehabilitate them so that they can contribute to our society and not be a burden on the state and not be a threat to your well-being. Yeah. Right? And that's what I said about village, about community, and collectivity. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause. Thank you. Shine Barrow. Thank you very much. Um, if they want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you online? Uh, well, I'm at, on Instagram. I'm at uh, Shine, S-H-Y-N-E underscore B-Z on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm at Shine Barrow on Facebook. And you can reach me at uh, L-O-O-B-A-R-R-O-W-B-Z at gmail.com. All right, God bless you guys. Round of applause, y'all. The rest of the weekend. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. 
It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.